We shall return to Earth and fetch the crystal from its hiding place. Help me! I shall die! I'm frightened! Concentrate, Sarah! Concentrate! The old man must die, and the new man will discover to his inexpressible joy that he has never existed. Today's episode. There are spiders. They're going to be on people's backs. You're going to shit yourself. I have an irrational fear or, or annoyance of people who walk in solitude amidst the traffic of the world. Jackie Lane. <laughs> Window pane. Yates should be glad of his uniform <laughs> if his maroon trousers are an indicator of his fashion sense. Hello, and welcome to World Enough in Time. How the devil are you? I'm glad you asked. I'm very good, thank you. Oh, by the way, I'm Alex, did you know? <laughs> yeah, you're Alex, I'm Andy. Oh, good, good. All present and correct. Good. Glad about that. Slightly tearful today. Well, not tearful, but a bit nervy because John went to big school on the bus this morning. Oh my goodness, big school on the bus. That's massive. Yes, it is. Was he, Yes, was it is. Good. No. Oh, oh was, no, I don't know how it went yet. It's like it's happening now. You've just dropped him off or he's just gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this morning. So we don't uh, know. So I... He's really excited, actually, and he looked really smart. And he stood there with his hands on his on his hands on his lapels of his new uniform, and he was just really proud. And it was just really mm. cute. What's his uniform like? It's very, it's very grey, very grey. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, how many people in the school? Like, is it thousands or hundreds? Oh, it's hundreds. I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's not. It's ridiculously huge. Yes. Mm. So, he's very much mm. in my thoughts today. Bless his heart. Yeah, what yeah. a flower. So, what have you been oh, up well. to? Um, just working. Uh, it sounds, it's very boring for everyone else. It has been interesting for me. I've been doing cool shit. Excellent. I've been making decisions that I shouldn't be making and <laughs> enjoying it greatly. But yeah, working... Stupid hours. Oh, my car broke down this morning. That was fun. Um, yeah, no, just really dull stuff to everyone else. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. Good decision-making world of fun. Excellent. Mm. We should talk, because it just happened yesterday, uh, about Terence Dix dying. Um, I think he mm. died, died a few days ago, but it was kind of all over Twitter and lots of people sharing messages on Facebook and stuff. And yeah. Um, yeah, really not nice. Yeah, I mean, huge legacy, um, fantastic oh, scripts and books and 
I didn't read pretty much anything else from the age of nine to about 13, other than his books. Well, <laughs> well they were just so easy to get into. They were, and it was just so... But for someone who didn't necessarily want to read a massive long book, knowing that I could, within 127 pages, get everything <laughs> I needed to know of a Doctor Who story, was like, yeah, it was so accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and occasionally he did um, add some extra bits. I mean, it wasn't his known for that thing in the target range, but things like the the epilogue to Pyramids of Mars, where Sarah goes to a records office and finds out how they reported what happened at the Priory at the end of um, all the stuff. Oh, yeah, oh. which is one of my favourite extra bits he added. But um, mm. yes, um, glorious Terence Dix, and of course he script edited all the way through John Pertwee, and he was influential at the end of Troughton as well. And of course he co-wrote the War Games, your favourite. Yeah. Brilliant. He's a god, I now realise. <laughs> yes. So, um, yes. So we just thought we should mark... I think we did meet him at a couple of conventions as well, didn't we? Yes, at you least know, at least one, possibly two. I mean, I haven't been through all my yes. Terence Dix books on the shelf, but I imagine at least three or four of them are signed by him, but I just haven't checked. Mm. <laughs> I have a feeling that it might be my um, Five Doctors one that he signed because he also wrote the script. Yes. Oh. I mean, I think it's the fact that he wrote such pivotal stories. He only wrote, wrote about four or five stories, but they were The War Games, Robot, The Five Doctors. They were all really crucial turning, yes. turning points. Yeah. Mm. Oh, they were. Mm. Yes. So we salute you, sir. I know it's a few months on, yeah. but um, this is... Chronologically in time, this is only yesterday yeah. for us. <laughs> we, we never really care about what it's like for the listener. It's all about us and what yes. we're going through right at that moment. Absolutely. So just bear with us. Yeah. <laughs> but you did hear that our last episode was, was dedicated to him, even though I haven't said the dedication yet. <laughs> it gets very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> People don't need to know that. Yeah, I remember it well. It was great. Heartfelt. Good job. Good job. Right. <laughs> so, you will never... Fricking guess this. What's Never that? in a million years. What's that? I have actually prepped a quiz. My God. I I know. There will be no search in IMDb for me. Wow. There will be. I have questions in front of me with answers. You are in for a treat. I am. Are you excited? I'm very excited. I'm just amazed that it's not from IMDb. <laughs> Is that right? I know. Me too. No, absolutely not. It was. I was driving home from work thinking I've got like five minutes before I've got it. Get home, have a glass of wine. Obviously, that's the first thing I do when I get back. Oh, get some food. And I've got to go, come up with a quiz. And I was like, I do not have time for this in my life. Doesn't you realise how busy I am? <laughs> <laughs> but then it came to me. It's all been sorted. I feel like a goddess right now. Excellent. Well, and, we'll, we'll um, see. And I would like... <laughs> no, it's freaking amazing, to be yeah. honest. Um... I do think I need to thank Richard Osman again. Richard Osman is um, the um, backing to most of my <laughs> quiz ideas. But he's just started a new podcast and I've stolen the idea. So I'm making it plain I've stolen the idea. Please don't have a go at me. Right. So we are going to play <gasps> the birthday game. The birthday excited. game. I'm very excited. The birthday I'm... game. I'm pert with excitement. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
You know how excited I get when you do a quiz yeah. and I scream quiz? I just feel like you need to scream quiz in that similar... Okay, sorry. Quiz! Like, it's a quiz! It. <laughs> it's a quiz! <laughs> Maybe that should be the new You're jingle. Excited. should be the new jingle. <laughs> You'd be hard pushed to beat that brilliant sound. Well done. Excellent. I might play okay. that in next time. <laughs> <laughs> quiz! It's a quiz! It's a quiz! So I um I need you to know there are extra points on offer here. Ooh. You get three points for an absolutely correct answer, Eesh. and you get one point if you're either side of the correct answer. So wow. what you need to do is give me the current. As of today's date, which we don't need to share to the listeners, but they kind of get it. Um, as of today's date, the exact age of the people I am about to give you. You may know some of these off by heart because I feel that's the kind of guy you are. Mm. But well, this has got the potential to offend. It's got the potential to offend a lot of people, hasn't it? Oh, I know. I took Katie Manning out because I thought she would hate it for me to <laughs> have done this. I don't think she listens. Well, we don't know. She might listen. She's a friend of the bloody show. Sorry. Right. Okay, number one. Your friend and mine, Polly, no surname, Annika Wills. How old is she? Oh, I really frantically want to pretend to, <laughs> pretend that I'm thinking and want to search on my iPad, but I must not. Annika Wills. You can't. Oh, Don't do I won't, I won't. Okay, I won't. Um, I reckon, oh my God, that's hard. I, I, have to do, hard, I have to do maths it? as well. <laughs> oh, God, that's really low old. She can't be that old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I can't, she can't be that old, can she? Wait a second. No, people always look older than they were then, though. Oh, I'm going to say that she was born... Ooh. No, that can't be right. <laughs> oh, this is really hard. I don't like it. I'm going to say that she... Am I just going to give you the year she was born? Nope, you give me her age oh, right her now. age, freaking Nora's. I'm going to say that she's... Ah, I can't do this! <laughs> I really physically can't do this. I'm going to say she's 76. <gasps> oh, you know what? You're going to get points. <gasps> she is 77. So she likes you because oh, you shaved the day off. Yeah. year off. It wasn't very kind, was it? It wasn't very kind. But oh. still, well done. That's impressive. Good. One point. I'm making a note of your points here as well. So this how is, much do this I get for that? Me. Do I get one? You get one point. Good job. Mm. Right. Bloody so hell. now yeah. we have... Vizlo Turlo, or is it Turlo, Turlo Vizlo? I never know. Mark Strickson. Oh, this is really hard work. I know. I love that I've done this. Makes me so proud of myself. Oh, I've got to do so much maths, it's ridiculous. Or you could just guess. You know, that that's an option too. <laughs> this is really good for listeners, hearing my brain worrying. <laughs> I'm going to say, eesh, that he's 63. <gasps> yeah, 
This is a good try, but no points at all. Where's he's it? only 60. Oh, that's awful, isn't it? I just think always when he was trying to pass himself off as a schoolboy that I never believed it. So I kind of had him older in my head. (laughs) A lot older, clearly. (laughs) He hates me now. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. No Mark Strickson parties. No. No, I reckon. Right, this one. Uh Is she a companion? Is she not? Not quite sure. Sarah Kingdom, Jean Marsh. Oh, botheration. Um... I'm going to say that she's 79. Jean mm. Marsh loves you. She's 85. 85? I know, oh mad, God. isn't it? She's mad. old. She's old. Sorry. <laughs> she's relatively old. Oh, my God. <laughs> Right. Can I just say, this is, my, this is my least favourite quiz ever. <laughs> this is my absolute favourite quiz, miss. Next time, just be grateful when I flick through IMDb with mad panic. Okay, yes. Zoe Harriet, Wendy Padbury, how old? Okay. I can't do maths. This is my problem. I can't do maths. I can't do maths, so I can't do maths. Um, uh, I think she's 69. Good guess. Wrong. 71. Is she? Mm. Oh, that wasn't bad, though. Do I get no points for that? Absolutely zero points. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have I got one point so far? One. Yeah, but I'm proud of you. There's, you, you could pull this all back. If you get someone's age exactly, you're all sorted. It's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> okay. Dodo Chaplet, Jackie Lane. How old are ya? I thought you were going to do a Cockney writing slam for Jackie Lane then. <laughs> Jackie Lane. <laughs> Window pane. <laughs> Dodo Chaplet, flat to left. That was a bad what? one. I don't know. It was really bad. Do you understand Cockney rhyming slang or not? Not. <laughs> On the whole, not. Um, Jackie Lane. Oh, my living lamps. Um, I didn't know she was still alive, so I think she's doing well. <laughs> she's doing well just because she's still alive. That's a low bar. <laughs> she's still alive. Well done for living, lass. Is <laughs> um, yeah. Tong a big thing in the UK? Not huge, no. 75. Okay. Oh, oh. Good try. 78. Oh, bloody hell. Right, okay. We're getting more recent. It's getting easier. There's less maths, I think. I should hope so. (laughs) Oh, I can't think what her surname is. What is she called? It's another Dorothea. Is is Dodo Dorothea? Yeah. Chaplet. Okay, so it's another Dorothea. 
Sophie Eldred. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> What's that rhyming slang for? <laughs> <laughs> I've really no idea. What's Ace's surname? McShane. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Relative of Ian what? McShane. How old is she? How old is she? Oh yeah. Oh balls to this! I don't know. I know. Um, uh, <laughs> I just go. I don't know. I love this when you just give up. I don't know. <laughs> she's probably older than I think. I don't know. Maybe she's mm. younger than I think. This is the big danger of it. <laughs> oh. oh bloody hell! This is actually proper torture. Oh. <laughs> I love that you class knowing someone's age as maths. <laughs> <laughs> I know because I'm actually doing maths in my head. That's There's what, a number they... involved, it's maths. It's because I'm doing the year that I think they started in it and how old I think they were when they started. Because I know the dates of when they started and then doing maths backwards uh-huh. and then working out that date to 2000 and then adding on the 19. So there's maths, believe me. <laughs> And then adding on the 19th. That was my favourite. Sophie Aldred <laughs> is 55. Oh, you were so close. And again, she's going to love you. 57. Oh, balls. I'm three years out every time. Can't we have this sort of three-year rule? No. Okay, so... <coughs> sorry, you just worked out Ace, or you just heard how old Ace is. How about... Oh, Mel Bush, Bonnie Lankford. Mel Bush, Bonnie Lankford. Older or younger? What are you going for? Older or younger? Older or younger? I'm going to say she's 59. So very close. But she hates you. 55. Oh, wow. Well, no, I never knew she was younger. She's quite liney in EastEnders, or was when she was in it. Rude. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't have got that. Right now, I didn't everyone's favourite cat. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I was there. Everyone's favourite cat, Janet Fielding. Janet Fielding. <sighs> didn't we have this ah. one? We had this one on the podcast, didn't we? On the podcast bagwagon. Um, the podcast bag. Well, I'm glad that you've got that in your memory because clearly you're going to get this right. It seems like too much now. <laughs> Sixty-six. <laughs> oh, you get a point. Good job. What is she? Sixty-five. Oh, okay. No. I wish yeah, she just right, she's now. not celebrating today, and I suddenly get extra points. No. No. None of that. Right. Everyone's favourite Gross Pearson, Matthew Waterhouse. <laughs> Gross Pearson. I was like, who's Gross Pearson? Pearson. <laughs> oh god um i'll give you a clue somebody no, has okay, already no been given either. us I this name that is this oh name. really oh well that doesn't mm. help me I'm trying I, to thought, be nice. I thought it was way different i think it was way different to that age okay oh poo that completely confused me now have you been making note of all of the answers I've given no. you? No. Well, that would be far too Just ignore me. Um, <laughs> have we got a pen? Is he 57? 
Oh, good job! Three whole points! Yay! You pulled it back at the last minute! Yay! Three that points! That is amazing! Thank you, Matthew Waterhouse. Two. It's like you got half the questions right now. You got five points. This is amazing. Five points out of a possible okay. 30. <laughs> Think of that. Of ten, you've done magic. Yes. Right. Last oh, question. God, <laughs> I know. Lalska Ward. Ooh. So she's probably older than I thought you'd know this because you were so in love with her. Yeah. I don't know. Did you not send her birthday gifts as, <laughs> as a teenager? Not, not often. I mean, I accosted her okay. in the street several times in Oxford. And there had to be yeah. a court order in the end. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to us all. Yeah, it was the first day I worked in Oxford. I told you this story, didn't I? The very first day I started working there, and I saw her waiting outside of Marks and Spencer's on the very first day I went to mm. Oxford to work. Magic. And I thought, this is, so just, cool. this is a good sign, I think, that she's just standing mm. there waiting for Marks to enter so she could buy some good knickers. Um, or just a sandwich. We don't know. Anyway, I'm evading your question. Think of it as knickers. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, I can cut some of this thought out. I'm going to have to. It's taking forever for me to think. I think she might be 68. Ooh. 71. Do you know what? What? You have just absolutely finished any of your chances of getting together with Lala Ward. She's 58. She can't be 58. She is. That's not possible. That's not possible. One year older than Matthew Waterhouse. She can't be. She bloody is. No, no, no. That's wrong. That's wrong. Well, how, well, how old would that be when she started then? If she was 58, she's lying on something. <gasps> You're right. Did you say 68? Yes. She is 68. Yay! Oh, I love your fury. Your fury got you that point. You're right. <laughs> I was going to say. She's 68. Hooray. Oh, well done. you. Oh, my God. You so pulled that back in the last moment. Didn't I? You got eight points. Yes. Eight whole points. Thank you. Let's say it's out of ten. You virtually got nothing wrong. So, well done. So was that 58 business you not being able to do maths? I must inquire. <laughs> oh, no. I I just um, I just must not be able to read my own writing. Um, I didn't do any maths at all. I just went onto Wiki and got their ages written out, but I can't do writing. Okay. It's always tricky. Yeah, I can't write either. Yeah. Good quiz. Isn't it, though? I can tell you loved every frickin' second did. of I it. I didn't like all the pain of it. No, I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loving it like that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a break now? We can. You can have a moment if you well, need Well, one. the break's coming towards us, flying towards us, hurtling. Oh! How has she been? Elliot, how are you? She's quite slippery. She is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, she got news. She's... Generally, she gets fluttery when she's excited about news. It's quite a large scroll today, which I'm unfurling now. Hence her squawking again. Ooh, it's a poem. It's a poem. Oh God, I hate poems. <laughs> Is it about her liking purple or something like that? Because I can't be doing with it. Is it about her liking purple? That's very specific. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, by rights, this poem should have been read out on the podcast before now. 
but I'm right. I'm not very good at reading poems. I'll have a go. Had we but world enough and time, this coyness lady were no crime. We would sit down and think which way to walk and pass our long love's day. Thou by the Indian Ganges side should shouldst rubies find I by the tide. Of hund of humber would complain, I would love you ten years before the flood. It goes on, but I'm stopping there. Yeah, do. So that is Right. That is his coy mistress by Andrew Marvel, who is mentioned by Lala Ward and Tom Baker on the on the river in Sharda. Um, oh, really? Yes, but that is where World Enough and Time comes from. That first line. There we go. Good. I felt such an affinity to the whole thing. Did. I didn't use it as an opportunity to make a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but what you should listen to it is about thou by the Indian Ganges side. So it's it's written to someone who's I... in India. <sighs> And the other person... I can't cope if they don't talk proper. The other person but is yeah, on the tide of the Humber. And I am on the tide of the Humber. That's weird. But I'm not in India. I know you are. It doesn't have to work for both of us. God. Oh, in order for me to like it, it does. Okay. Clearly. Clearly. I'm sorry. Um, it just yeah, makes no, it, the it's... title of the podcast even better. <laughs> I must stop calling it the podcast because yeah. people will think I, I don't do know. Quite enjoy it. <laughs> I, when I heard you say it on the when I re-listened to one of the podcasts, it did make me go quite hysterical. So yeah. I think a podcast works for us all. Yeah. I think we're all everyone's on the podcast bagwagon at the moment, aren't they? Because everyone's <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> right, she's off. Yes. Bye, Kaliak. Thank you for that poetic oh, interlude. Bye, Kaliak. Thanks. Thanks. I really, yeah. Alex it, loves poetry. It's different. <laughs> no, I felt like I learned. I really did. I have to confess. So I like the Sharda link. I have to confess, when I left, um, when I, not when I left Cambridge, I don't know what I'm talking about. When I, um, oh. when I did my A-level English, I managed to drop all the poets so I could only do, um, only do the novels mm. and stuff. It's funny. Very sensible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just silly talk. Right, carry on. It's just silly talk, Alex. Destroys a whole <laughs> in forward. It's just silly talk. <laughs> it is silly talk. Sorry, no. Good. Right, what are we talking about today? Well, it feels like forever since we started talking about having this on. This is the story that Ian Chambers, lest we forget, suggested we should we should have next and he probably thinks we've oh, just ignored yeah, the fact that we said it it's just that we're so far behind that point which he said it but so far ahead ahead that's sorry what we, mean. Ahead we what are we mean. real winners we are organizing planner types we are we are covering today the epic six-part finale to the pervert era planet of the spiders woo, 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 woo. excite excite there they all were in the cellar, chanting away like Billio. And all of a sudden, this giant spider appeared and jumped on Lupton's back. It's coherent thought. Oh, Tom DeRid! Scientific pun. <sighs> what did you say? I said, really, this is important. But you're so interested no, 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 in that friendship. No, no, before that, what did you say before that? Did you say spider? That's right. Now listen to me, Sarah, this is very important. Tell me the whole story right from the beginning. So first, I would like to delve back in time to 
your first memory, nay, experience of the planet of the spiders? Right. So, I remember being prepped by you. Mm. I remember you saying, look, the spiders aren't as good as they could be. And Mary Whitehouse ruined the spiders. That's a, <laughs> something I remember you saying. I'm not sure that's true, but I probably said and, it. Yeah. Um, and I remember being actively very uncomfortable about the spiders. Like when they're, I remember seeing them on people's backs and thinking, now that really is proper nasty. Like it was mm. gross, really gross. Um, I can't think what year it will have been. Well, I um, have the year. I'll, I'll be able to help early. you with that shortly. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, I'm not entirely sure whether or not it was something that we'd got on UK Gold or whether or not it was something you'd bought the video of. I felt like it was quite a late video release. Like, I felt like you'd been waiting for it for a long time by the time we actually saw it. It was... I knew Sarah quite well from what I'd seen. I knew John Pertwee quite well. Um, and I think seeing them two together in that way was a little bit odd for me. Like, I was mm. used to her being a Tom Baker companion. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I don't know if it was the first time I see them together, but their interaction to me just felt a little bit at odds. I'm used to seeing him with Joe simpering and, yeah, and used to seeing her being a bit more plucky. Um, but I knew to, I knew to be excited. You had the excitement there. You were like, this is going to be freaking amazing. There are spiders. They're going to be on people's backs. You're going to shit yourself. <laughs> like, I remember, like, I remember that kind of anticipation was pretty huge. Um, and so, yeah, and it definitely didn't disappoint. I remember at the time thinking, yeah, that, that was solid entertainment right there. It was brilliant. Yeah. Right, you. Yeah, so I think um, my first experience of it was seeing um, pictures of Sarah encountering the Queen Spider in in pa the pages of Doctor Who Weekly. My friend Paul Brown, and he used to have that pile of Doctor Who Weeklies in his in his in his parents' bedroom. I don't know why they were there, but um, <laughs> I think it was the only place in the house. It's quite a small house, and I think it was the only place they would fit was in this cupboard. But um, and. And yeah, just seeing these pictures of Sarah in that striped top and jacket, and and she was sitting next to this, the next to the Queen on the um, sedan chair thing, and thinking, "Don't get that close to that giant spider! Don't be stupid!" <laughs> Honestly, have you not heard about yes. spiders? But um, that just terrified the life out of me. And in fact, it was the it was the first Doctor Who novel I bought for myself. Um, oh, so, really? And an earthly child was bought for me by Marlene Brown, Paul's mother. Um, oh, I, know. I love Paul's Wasn't mother. Wasn't that nice? It was in, I think it was. Marlene. It was in a shop in Pontyland, I think. And Paul had been. Yeah, Paul had been playing up. We'd been out for the day, and Paul had been playing up because he was he was a bit naughty, but. Um, we'll so we got to this shop, and he was saying, "Oh, that's the book I want, Mum." And he said, "She's like." Okay, she got it from the stand. She went over to the shop, sister. <laughs> she bought it for me instead. It was really cruel. Oh my goodness. That that must have been like amazing for you. Like I know for him, like devastating. But I think that that was sowing the get... seeds of him hating me, I think. <laughs> really? But you didn't get gifts 
regularly. Ever. It wasn't like you were this no. kid who was there getting stuff. So that must have been effing oh, amazing. More excitingly, because the Doctor Who logo was in red metallic material on the front. I remember. <gasps> I was just thinking of it sparkling. I remember how metallic it was. Oh, my yeah. God. Anyway, so I, I hoovered that mm-hmm. up immediately and then immediately ordered two new books Two more books from the Book Harvest bookshop in Annick. <laughs> and, um, I remember exactly where the Book Harvest was. Yeah, And, and I remember in judging the Planet of Spiders yeah. book cover as well. And that Planet of Spiders, I thought it was going to be the cover with Sarah um, with the spider on her back, mm. but it had just been reprinted. So I remember I had to wait weeks because I got a message from the Book Harvest when I went in after school saying, oh yeah, that, that particular Doctor Who story is currently being reprinted. I was like, oh God. But then it arrived with this really terrifying spider on the front. Do you remember the cover of the... Mm-hmm. Yes. I do, with the like a little flash of the... Red on the it. Crystals yeah, and the well. crystals on yeah. it and everything. Yes, mm-hmm. but it's a fantastic cover. But um, So that was my first experience of it. And then the DVD... Not the DVD. DVD. The video... DVD. <laughs> DVD. <laughs> the video came out in 1991, I think, as a double, oh. a double box set. And... Oh, is that oh, four was on the first video and two three. was on the last oh, one? Three, or, three or oh, four and weird. two, I don't know, but yeah. I'm sure it was four and two because it always used to wind me up they used to do it that way. Right. Yes. And I, I don't know whether I had it before that on UK Gold. If we did, it was just before. I think it was a new, fresh experience. I remember holding that box in my hand thinking, I can't believe I'm finally going to get to see Planet Spiders. This is just going to be the most amazing thing ever. And whether I watched it apart <laughs> from you first or whether I, or, or not, I don't know, but. I know, as you said, we thought there's nothing here that we don't like. This is amazing. We love it. Mm. Um, and let me tell you, received fan wisdom is that Planet of Spiders is not a very good story, and it's not. Oh, I know. It's not highly regarded. What's wrong with them? Well, we'll we'll cover that. But I will just say here, okay. I think there's lots of unnecessary negativity and cheap jibes, cheap jibes. So. Wow. Fools. Fools. All of them. So, do you, um, I just want to say as well, that thing about Sarah and the Third Doctor, I have that same experience of not really ever feeling completely comfortable with Sarah being with Pertwee. Um, mm. And my, our first experience of that would have been the Five Doctors, because right. that was them together and that was odd. Um, oh, but that, everyone was odd there. Like, everyone, <laughs> everyone was, was with odd. someone they weren't expecting yes, exactly. to be. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> and also Sarah wasn't really Sarah she had a perm like you can't trust her when she's got a perm like she, she was a different person <laughs> a clear Mac and a perm you're not expecting yeah. the same from her I don't think she ever got back to yeah. playing Sarah correctly until school reunion really and then she should got her again but I think K9 and oh, company yes. and, and Five Doctors they're not really Sarah you're right in some ways right. Um, yes so should we dive straight in Let's do it. Let's do it! What's it all about? I love the opening just because it's so odd. Mike Yates strolling through a field of cows. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> so, um, cows in Doctor Who. Image of the Fendal also starts with cows in a field. Love a cow in Doctor Who. Oh, 
good. Love a cow. Yeah. Okay, good. But I, I especially... I like how on trend they were. What, with cows? <laughs> no. With a, like a, a hippie retreat. That was clearly like yes. a, a thing of the 70s. I thought that was really cool. Like it was like them now going to some kind of a, a you know, a, what do you call them? Mindfulness camp yeah. or something like that. Like it just... I loved how they were doing something so of the time. Because these communes were, really were springing up, so they were a part of society mm. then. This taking themselves out of society. But this one's slightly different in that it's well, it's a lamistry, although they do occasionally refer to it as a monastery. But um, what I had... Quite often call it a monastery. Yeah, they do, yes. But um, the people who are there are kind of dropouts from society, aren't they? And, um, oh, no, there were more. Uh, they, I think they said the phrase burnt out city type. Ah, is that what they said? Did they not say that? Yeah. Yeah, so they're supposed to be kind of like, you know, management consultants who've had enough kind of thing, which again, I really like the concept of. It wasn't just a, a down and out who couldn't be asked. It was, yes. It was someone who was paying for the privilege of being in this kind of experience. And so they were all a little bit wankery, which did kind of explain what they went on to do. These were people who were, you know, they wanted to beat bill and accounts to the next promotion kind of a thing, and they yeah. were pissed off, and so they, yeah, so they went to a hippie retreat and paid a shitload for the experience, I imagine. So, yeah, I did. I liked all of that. It was a little bit Reggie Perrin as well, I thought. Yes, I mean, that whole trend, and also, of course, like Tom Good and, and The Good Life coming out of the, the rat race and all that stuff, it's very much mm. on trend, but... Yeah, but but I'm just yeah. I didn't realise that I hadn't really thought about the political connections and the um sort of um the country connections of the fact that the Tibetans coming over to the UK at that point because of their persecution by the Chinese. Oh, by and, the Chinese. Yes. Oh. And that's why you've got this influx of mm. Tibetan Buddhism at this point, and it made me think about that. And I'd never ever watched Planet of the Spiders and thought about that before. And that was just interesting that no. a, a sort of greater awareness of the world made me think about that. And, but and after our conversation about a little bit of like unnecessary duct tape racism as well, I actually hadn't quite grasped the fact that even though they kept calling them Tibetan monks, that Choji and um, Kanpo were actually supposed to not look like English men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hadn't realised that dodge. before. Yeah. <coughs> anyway, sorry. Can I just um, ask no. you, what did you make? Do you remember what you make of, made of Mike Yates coming back at that point? Because it's his last story. It's the end of his sort of like, his trilogy. Like he's bad in the Green Death. He has his mind just got broken by boss. And no, it's that no. And then this invasion of the dinosaurs where that affects him to try and bring back Operation Golden Age and the dinosaurs. And then this is kind of his story where he makes amends. And mm. was that confusing for you for me, at the time? Yeah, it was. But I don't ever fear on that level. You were always giving me the backstory. Oh, was I? Like I never was like, <laughs> oh, I wonder what's happening here. Oh, I won't ask or whatever. Like it was always like, Andy will fill me the bucket. <laughs> I will find out everything that was supposed to be happening here. So probably to I know a really annoying got... degree, actually. Yes, actually. No, no. Like, it it could have been, but I really th I needed it. Like, if I was the kind of person who didn't want that information, I think I would have told you to show up. But like, I wanted the backstory. I wanted to understand. I wanted to understand the reason that he was 
doing like I think I the last time I'd seen him it was Day of the Daleks he was just you know stealing cheese off Benton like it just, <laughs> yes, yes. none of it made sense of course so for me I needed that and so yeah I got the backstory and it was helpful and I did like that kind of feeling of seeing someone who should be in uniform in their civvies yeah. trying to get their life back on track like it was quite yeah, it, it, I did enjoy the fact that he had a story that he was following. And even if I hadn't been on that journey, uh, I like to see it anyways. Yeah, and I do love the intricacy of this plotting. I'll come back to this, the continuity that is pulled together in Planet of Spiders in such a pleasing way. Um, callbacks mm. to previous stories and people's ongoing journeys, I just think is really strong. Um, yeah. I must yeah. just mention the theatre scenes, just because, well, the Briggs awfully sexist in them, but that's not the thing that really interests me. It's the fact... No, wasn't he, though? Oh, dreadful. Yeah. The Brig doesn't get a lot to do here, does he, in this story? No. Yeah. No. And that's fine. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, I don't need him in it. Yeah. But what you must spot is, I don't know whether anyone else has spotted this before, but the woman in the yellow blouse next to John Pertwee, who um, laughs terribly in the theatre scenes, she in the fusi about an episode later. She's one of the burnt out people at the mon at the Lamastry, doing chanting. Is she? Yes, she is. She's in. Oh, I was. I had the comment. Why are they all fucking men? Clearly, they're not. No. I didn't see the lady. She's there. The lady. It's the lady from the theatre. Obviously, the theatre affected her deeply in a bad way. She's like, right, I'm off to the monastery. Yeah, yeah. that is it. I've had enough. <laughs> oh, funny. Isn't that good? I like that. Yes. Um, I like that. Now, how many times did we sit and chant Om Mane Padme Hum? Oh, lordy. And to be honest, throughout it, I just kept turning around and chanting it to Christy. He was not happy. Was he not? Christy! Om Mane Padme Hum. Om Mane Padme Hum. Om Mane Padme Hum. What's his reaction? He's enjoying it now. He loves it. He giggled. Sorry? Great one, Mike Cunn. Oh, oh the great, great one. one, Mike Cunn. That's true. He watched. Oh, my goodness. He really did. He understood it. Proud of him. Oh, no. Oh. Um, so we used to have great fun chanting that. Now, that is the Jewel of the Lotus prayer or chant. And is it? Yes, it is. But I hadn't realised that it figured so strongly in Doctor Who before. Did you know that? Really? Yes. No, I did not. Abominable Snowmen. Please give me the... Oh, yeah. Set in Tibet, so it, it fits... Episode six. Thinking. Episode six, in yep. which, because Victoria's been taken over quite a lot of times uh, <laughs> in that story, <laughs> probably too many. And <laughs> at the end, the doctor tells her to chant the Jewel of the Lotus Prayer in order to keep her mind, keep the great intelligence out of her brain, Padma Sambhavar. So she actually um, chants on Mani Padmihum. There you go. Oh, wow. I know. Love that. And I will play that That's in good. now. No, Victoria, don't let him. Julie the Lotus. Om Marni Patni Hum. Om Marni Patni Hum. first we see of a spider is a real spider isn't that clever where where when mike comes down the stairs yeah. into the cellar and he 
mm-hmm. he touches the cobweb and there's a spider on it. Oh, the web, yes. Mm. Yeah, that's thinking. It's a nice yeah, spot. I mean, it's a really bad Good. fake spider, yeah. but still, I like that. I wanted to know how you felt about hearing about Joe's travels. Loved it. Loved hearing about Joe's travels. Because it fits. Um, it probably fits more in my head because there is a prologue to, um, I think, to to plant the spiders by Terence Sticks again. Here you go, which I, th- I think oh is goodness. about um, is Joe down the Amazon with Cliff and them deciding they have to send the crystal back because the natives are unhappy. And right. Yes. Mm. So that well, that's pretty cool. That works, doesn't it? It does. She sank down on the rickety camp bed. What did you say to them? Well, first of all, they wanted me to throw the thing away. No, I I won't do it. Her voice was fierce. He raised his hand placatingly. Hang on, I managed to convince him that the safest thing would be to send it away. Back to where it came from. Right out of their land. We'll reach one of the river trading posts day after tomorrow. You can pack it up and send it off in the mailboat. Honestly, it's the only way. She nodded, accepting the situation. Okay, I'll make up the parcel now. He gave her a pat on the shoulder and left the tent to supervise the porters, relieved that his wife had taken it so well. He knew how attached she was to this souvenir of her old friends and her former life. The girl sitting on the bedside and reached for the little rucksack in which she carried her personal possessions. From the bottom of it, she fished a small bundle. She unwrapped it and revealed the cause of all the trouble. A many-faceted blue stone, a sort of crystal. At first, it seemed dull and opaque. Then, as he looked at it, something strange happened. Little blue fires seemed to spring up deep inside it, and the crystal began to glow. She closed her eyes for a moment and then rewrapped the stone. She'd better send a letter with the parcel. She fished in the rucksack again and produced a leather writing case and a ballpoint pen. Josephine Jones, formerly Joe Grant, one-time member of UNIT, one-time assistant to that mysterious individual known only as the Doctor, propped the case on her knee and began to write. You know, I, oddly... Um, and I think this might be more a part of me being weird than anything about Doctor Who, is I I liked hearing it because I enjoyed her being free from her life with the Doctor. Ah, yeah. Like, I just, I felt, and it's it probably is completely unnecessary, but I, I just felt she was quite trapped by her relationship with the Doctor. They were so entwined, and she was so kind of in his thrall that I just kind of, didn't feel that it was it was healthy <laughs> yeah <coughs> and so hearing her having a happy new life away from him just made me feel happy that she'd kind of got on with her life and, and made healthy choices <laughs> probably like taken it far too far but that that I just felt the doctor with Joe was just not it, obviously, they had an incredible closeness, but it wasn't right for her. You just felt like yeah. for her to have a happy life, she needed to get away. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I know what you mean. It it didn't feel healthy. Yeah. Mm. So um, I've just checked. I've just got the Planet of the Spiders book out. So um, yes, mm. he wrote a really lovely little prologue called The Mystery of the Crystal, and in the end, she sits on the bed and she she writes the letter with the crystal to send back to the doctor. Yeah, yeah, it's really Cute. sweet. That's a really nice little addition. That's yeah. such a nice little. Yeah. Well, yeah, he he did get his Doctor Who fans, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Fans. But um, 
I love the way that's all introduced via Professor Clegg. I just think it's so intricately plotted that you have Professor Clegg from the theatre, the, the Doctor being interested in this guy in ESP and the fact that he's, he's better than he thinks, than he's allowing to tell people that he's actually a clairvoyant. And it's through that that we discover what's in the package before the package is opened. I just think that's so lovely and clever. Yes, that whole bit, is, yeah. Yeah, the him speaking before he gets his cue kind of thing, as if... He's always being checked. He always needs to make sure that people are, are aware he's a fake kind of thing. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it just, it's very involved, that whole bit. But yeah, I loved Clegg. Yeah. I just wanted to hug him. And of course, it's, it's, it's Cyril Shapps, who's in lots of other Doctor Whos, and he's always oh, okay. great value. But um, I also love the bit when the brig... Um, the brig's watch and the, the brigadier has to take it off him quickly so all true absolutely spot on oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Doris wasn't yeah, it yeah 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 I like that detail that it was Doris yeah and of course we have the sonic screwdriver and that sewing back to the drashigs and they mention the golden age business and there's the coat from the green deaths on the on the hat on the stand the coat stand behind so it's full of it just it's just full of these references saying we're close I think it's saying we're getting to the end and we're going to make sure everyone understands that everything ties up and is neat and yeah it's also a celebration a yeah yeah um yes so we should tackle choji choji hmm. so we've already said that it's was he not more of a choji oh i don't know god i'm always bad with these things but um i think the fact that he yeah, it's, he's problematic, but what do you think about all the stuff that he says? Do you kind of, does it fit with with what the story is about? All that stuff about the old man must die and the new man will discover to him his, his inexpressible joy that he's never existed, all that stuff. It's so neatly fitted into regeneration and what's going to happen and everything, and it does make a lot of sense. But... Um, I I remember struggling with it at the time and thinking I haven't a clue what he's talking about. <laughs> I don't know what he's <laughs> Yeah, well, you've all heard my love of poetry. Yes. Um. Yeah. No. I. It, it just winds me up. I don't want any of that shit. I just. Yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna say it, say it properly. Don't say it with flowery, weird words. Like it just. It does not help me get to a point. Like that whole thing about having like him be a projection of himself, but also. Every time anyone tries to talk to him about anything useful, it's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. I'm just going to walk away now before you can tell me the useful shit. Like, it's just, he's just annoying. He's just not helpful for furthering the plot. And it's like, the only thing he can do is just nod when everything's been worked out for him. It's just like, well, just stop and listen next time. And you'd have got there a lot bloody quicker. Yeah, because Sarah gives him a bit of a clue she says won't, won't this turn up all sorts of nasties if you're clearing your mind and Ooh. all that stuff and he's like no and he's like this it, yeah he's like nah such a thing could never happen here mm -hmm. and it's like well why are you so sure yeah. about that but i just think yeah, i have exactly. a, a, i have an irrational fear or or annoyance of people who walk in solitude amidst the traffic of the world <laughs> just that sort of <laughs> to quote to then, coin a yeah, phrase um yeah it's just because i can't do it I suppose. <laughs> um, I love the fact that they bother to go to an actual train station and um, in order to pick up Sarah from the station, Yates. And that's I love the train station bit. Yes. I love the tractor bit. I love her being picked up. Like, 
it's just one of those things where it, it they so easily could have not bothered with that bit. Yeah. But it just added so much cuteness to it. I love the location stuff. I love the tractor. Um, it just gets you looking. It gets you interested. It gets you like, oh, what the hell? Really early on. I, that was probably one of my favourite bits of the whole thing, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it's really compelling and fun. <laughs> but I did think that when they get to the, the Lamestry and... And looked and saying, road, the roads can be very dangerous. It's a bit too direct. Uh, <laughs> I know, it's like, you are so shit at hiding what you've just done, looked <laughs> yeah. Keep that shit to yourself. But it's deliberate, uh, isn't it? To uh, sort of scare them. It's like, well, ooh. I would go to the police, but I don't know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, he was very direct on that. Um, there was a bit quite early on, hmm. and I guess it must have been after that. I'm quite confused now, looking at your notes. Maybe I didn't write enough. How... Like, Sarah was like, and then I did this, and then I did that. It was really scary. And the doctor's just like, hmm, I'm now listening to you because you're a new lady. And it just sent me fucking wacky. <laughs> I was so annoyed. I was just furious. It's like, well, you know she knows what she's talking about. She's not an idiot. She's done this shit before. She's not Joe. She picks up on the, yeah, she picks up on the important shit. Just listen. Stop thinking that your crap is more important. And yeah, it just, it wound me up insanely. Yeah. And it did get me on that whole, I just want to kill John Pertwee <laughs> train. And that's a hard one to get the me The kill on. John Pertwee train. <laughs> I, oh, he's, I, yeah, I didn't enjoy him. I no. must admit in this. Like, I don't like him. Yeah. I did love the book ending of, of there was two scenes, one in which um, Sarah says to Yates, ah, oh, the fiendish cunning of the man. And then he later gets to say, a shameless display of feminine wiles, the fact that they're both oh, I wrote that down. praising each other mm. for their ingenuity. I love that. And the fact that it's equal gender. Oh! What? Oh, I hated it. Oh, no, I like it. Discussing the display of feminine wiles, it was just like, fuck off. Okay. Like, that's not feminine wiles. She was just talking to him and suddenly she's using bloody feminine wiles. That, oh, is that so funny that you took it in one way and I took it Well, because I'd written down fiendish cunning of the man, so it was kind of a, like a nice parallel for another gender. But no, you're not happy with it, clearly. <laughs> Oops. Nah, I just thought... <laughs> Oops. I am a bit sensitive. <laughs> but no, I... I, I really did think, like, you would never say, I mean, a shameless display. Like, she was using ingenuity and she was talking to someone like a human. Like, she wasn't like, hey, look at my boobs. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but I think this is the problem of context. And, like, I would never, ever think of that in a Doctor Who because that wasn't in my brain as to what they were saying. <laughs> so I just saw that as equal praise from Yates. Um, and it's it's funny, I don't take that sort of gender politics enough but into account when, I, when I'm watching Doctor Who. And that's that's because yeah. I almost know it too well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you have to suspend that when you watch Doctor Who because it will always piss you off otherwise. Yeah, like, you're right. I suspend it all the time. But I enjoy watching it and making notes of them now and say that's disgusting. But I'm happy to switch it off and just enjoy the programme. Anyway, yeah. But yeah, no, it it it's still... In a shameless, shameless, like that's pretty bad display of feminine wiles. Like it's just kind of, it, it, she, she was clever. Is that what you mean? Like now you've talked, you know, now you've like, talked about it. It's because it, I don't know, just always just read it as equal ingenuity to Yates. 
So they're just praising each other. But now I've actually thought about the words. <laughs> yes, it's wrong. Wrong. <laughs> I win. You win. You do completely. Anyway, um, the spiders arrive. What did you think about that first spider arriving on the mandala? Really fucking loved it. I mean, oh, wasn't expecting it. I was. And it just the mandala itself is stunning. Isn't it gorgeous? And it's just kind of yeah. Yes, beautiful. It looks aged. Yeah. It looks aged. It looks intricate. And yeah, and that spider was amazing. Yeah, no, truly wonderful. Just to dwell on the spiders for a minute, I love the fact that they chose to make it house spiders bigger rather than try to make them. Because usually spiders in Doctor Who are kind of look alien, but this is. Or like right. giant tarantulas, but this was actually no. Just imagine if a normal house spider got really big. This is what they'd be like, and that's why they're worse. I and think. The, yeah, Ugh. yeah, and that's exactly what they say, isn't it? Just a couple of spiders off a spaceship, and they went mental. Like, and so it kind of it, it it does follow with the story that they're trying to say. Like, they didn't mutate insanely. They're just normal house spiders went clever because they had a bit of crystal happening around them yeah, and slightly bigger. <laughs> Yes, a bit. But the jumping on the backs that we have then as well. The only problem I have yeah. is that often when they're on their backs, some of them look like ants rather than spiders. Do you feel that sometimes they don't look quite right no. on the backs? Occasionally, no. No, okay. I love it. I was thinking it could be like a new Japanese trend, like you know when you see like these kind of really quirky Japanese people with a backpack, <laughs> and they're all kind of yeah. a little bit. I'm just thinking this could be the thing. Like, I just want to mark it, like Planet of the Spiders backpacks, maybe like Diamante legs, you know, make them a bit Oh, black. I see, yeah. But I honestly, I think they look really cool. And yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, but. To I... me, they, I think the way they hang is quite nice. Like, their, their four legs or whatever they are just kind of really make them quite low on the back. Yeah. Which, I don't know. Oh, yeah, they were terrifying. And of course, this is echoed by Donna in turn left having the big beetle on her back. Which is uh, I don't know. It's quite weird they did that. Was that a very deliberate? It must have been kind of bit of. Well, it's Russell T Davies, yeah. so he's always riffing off old stuff. But the thing that lots of fans yeah. say, and I, I've heard it on several podcasts, and it's irritated me deeply, is like, yeah, but what happens when Lupton sits down in a in a in a vehicle? What happens to the spider? Doesn't it get crushed? No, it's not like sitting there on the back, like so it can be crushed. It's not just gone invisible. It's no idiots it's kind of become one with exactly. it exactly you don't like do you really need have that you spelling never watched out Doctor Who anyway it's exactly. not about <laughs> well none of that shit would actually happen exactly um <laughs> i've mentioned continuity backwards we have the first mention of harry sullivan on the phone did you catch did you catch that moment I did catch it. I'd not caught it before. Yeah. It was really nice to hear that. Yeah. Love him. No, and was that just... That wasn't seeding. That was just picked up on later, was it? Well, I think they were making Robot at the same time. It's one of those weird situations where they were actually making... Oh, so they were seeding it. Yeah, oh. because Sarah and Elizabeth Sladen was working on both stories at the same time and found it really exhausting, apparently. Um, oh, my God. Yes. Because, of course, Pertwee wasn't working oh, yeah. on both stories at the same time, for obvious reasons. So, yes. Hmm. Um, yes. Um, and Brigadier barely was. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Tommy? Problematic again. Oh, I love... No, I love him! Do you? Go to bed, mister. I know. <laughs> I just... 
I think it's true that people would treat him with disrespect. I think, obviously, it's very hard to act a person of a certain level of intellect with whatever kind of learning disabilities he had, because everyone's learning disabilities are different. There's no one way to do it. So I think he was wonderfully believable and utterly adorable and the way he was dismissed was grotesque and the way um, any hint of care and consideration was well received like it, it just it seemed plausible today like yeah okay he probably would have had a few more rights about him and um, not left to just fend for himself in a cupboard but aside from that yeah I, th I think he was brilliant. What do you think about the issue of though the fact that like his redemption is is about getting intelligent and it's not okay that he's just the way he is? I guess the term learning disability yeah. to me well, is learning disability a thing that you're allowed to say? I feel like it yeah, is. Yeah, it is. Like it is yeah. a, a hampering of your ability to learn. Yeah. And the fact that you get mental clarity from the crystal, obviously that would assist your ability to learn. And that, uh, yeah, um, maybe I'm just simplifying it too much, but it to me, it's, I hate it when you stay away from subjects for fear of offending. Right, yeah, yeah. Like it's a subject that, it, it's, it's not usual to have someone with learning abilities, disabilities kind of represented in a TV show. Yes, obviously it was there for the purpose of saying that that could be fixed or cured, and I guess it's the fix or yeah. cure aspect of it that's offensive. Yeah. But it, it's not. It's just, to me, it's opening up the ability to learn that had been hampered. So, yeah, I, I can understand. Like, I'm, it's not something that I have an immense amount of knowledge about, but I, I think it's a really brilliant part of the plot that that really shows mm. how strong the crystal is. It's impossible to to demonstrate that without kind of, you know, the dearth of ability to then show the absolute ability. It's, it, it, to me, it's just a really nice contrast. And I have to say, it's the thing that John connected with most watching it was Tommy. He just loved Tommy. And whenever Tommy was on the screen, he's like, oh, this is really good. I'm really enjoying this. I hope he's going to be okay. I hope he doesn't die, he kept saying. Um, mm. Really connected with Tommy. Um, yeah. John Kane. And his John goodness Kane. is so... Okay. Yeah, he went, Has he been in that? No, he went on to write most of Terry and June, which is a weird scenario. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I endowed him with so much more than that. <laughs> we say our prayers. Then we write our news. We read in the book corner. We measure and we weigh. We buy things at the shop. We have our milk. We play in the bowling We dance. Right, now I feel, before we go any further, we must pause to, to institute Dressed for Success. Woo! Here we go. Gonna get dressed 
for success. Yes. Right. Do you want to start? Um, shit, I haven't thought about this. Uh, <coughs> yes, I will start with none of my notes, because I didn't write any yeah. notes, about loving Lupton's outfit. Oh, okay. Love it. Clever Lupton. Love his tweed jacket. Yeah. I know. Um, love his kind of bag kind of trousers and his suede kind of, oh, they're just funky 70s boots that are incredibly cool now. Mm. Um, and he looks almost like a homeless person, <laughs> but almost like a really trendy dude. Like okay. it's just such a fine line he's walking. Um, yeah, freaking love it. Um, his 2IC, whatever he is, with his horrific cream outfit, like all of that gang. I just, yeah, there's there's that scene quite near the end where there's all four of them doing their doing their bits with the spiders on their backs, kind of pow, 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 yeah. in their turn at Tommy. Yeah. And they all, like, they just all looked beautifully horrific. They were. Like, their outfits were na nasty as hell. And um, I do need to give one final mention to... Um, to Yates, yeah. because um, I, I think I did write a note. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of my notes was, Yates should be glad of his uniform <laughs> if his maroon trousers are an indicator of his fan sense. Okay, exactly. so, yeah. mm. Oh, those maroon trousers were horrid. Yes. Horrid. But I haven't got anything to say on Sarah. I have no opinion. You go for it. Oh, gosh. Well, I think they were... Um... At least one of them. No, I think both of them were outfits from Bus Stop, which was a shop in London. And Ooh. loads of red clothing. So the Andy Pandy outfit from Hand of Fear and various other ones, particularly with the reds, are from this clothing range. And Bus Stop. Oh, yes. and that's cool. Yes. So I think you could go and buy these similar outfits. And so they, oh. so they do crop up occasionally. God, I would have loved that. Yeah. So, Wouldn't it have been cool yeah. in that age to just go, right, I'm going to buy Sarah's outfit. I'm doing it. I'm going today. Yeah. Oh. So um, so you've got the jacket. What does she wear before she wears the striped jacket? What's she wearing at the start? I can't remember. It's gone. Just... Is it like a cosh hat thing? No? Oh, yeah, she wears that powder blue suit. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's when the doctor's ignoring her. Ah, okay. Yeah, she wears a powder blue suit yeah. with a cloche hat. Which is, is that the same one she wears in Robot as well or not? Because she wears a cloche I was wondering, because she wears that at the end as well, does she? Yes, maybe it is the same. I clearly wasn't paying attention enough either. I'm glad we're doing Dress for Success when we didn't really look. What about the fashions um... on Metabolist 3? <laughs> Oh, I do think they went quite wild with a triangle, didn't they? <laughs> they uh, they triangled their houses, they triangled their skirts, they triangled their trousers. <clears throat> They're just like, well, we know what shape we love on this yeah. this planet. Let's go. It was a bit it. adventure game, yeah, Drogner, no, it was... wasn't it? Slightly Drogner-esque. Oh yeah, that's true. <sighs> Gosh. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Blue powder blue suit. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Sorry, done researching. Oh, and she wears that <gasps> oh, grey she wears that grey jacket as well on the chase sequence with the really long collars, the red and white collars, check collars, and the red and the red um woolly hat, Sarah does. When they're doing the chase sequence. Oh yeah. Yes. That's also a bus stop outfit as well. You could go and buy that from bus stop. Gosh. I keep seeing feeling the need to say bus stop. 
<laughs> had noticed. Anyway, <laughs> so we'll leave Dress for Success. We'll wave goodbye to it, shall we? Are we done on it? Yeah, let's do Good. that, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get dressed for success. Um, oh, I see her in the beanie now. Got it. Good. Um, so the chase sequence, which takes up 10 minutes, which is quite a lot out of a 24-minute episode, but it doesn't take up the whole episode, oh, as everyone it says. took for frickin' ever. <laughs> so bored. So bored. Way, I was like, way. Christy, I know you've been enjoying it up until now. Just bear with me. It'll be over shortly. Please just carry on. Just talk amongst yourselves and we'll get back to the plot. And I just... You lose people. If you're someone who's desperately trying to get the people you love to watch Doctor Who and you love this story, which we do, then you've got a problem right there. You're just going to piss around. So he didn't like it. He didn't enjoy it at all, that bit. He was not happy. No, he just switched off. Yeah. Starts looking at his phone. Yes. So we can cut it. We'll cut it from another version. Yes. So I think it was directly inspired by the live and let die chase sequence. In you know James Bond, where it just goes on. Well, I do know "Live and Let Die." I can't remember the chase sequence. Yeah, because then they have another chase sequence in another film, don't they? But um, I thought it was interesting that kept speeding up the tape, so that um, the cars went quicker than they actually do in real life, which is often a trick they play with Bessie. But um, yeah, (coughs) but it does look silly. Yes. Um. I used to love Live and Let Die. We used to watch that we a lot, did. didn't we? We absolutely did. Yes. That scene with the spider, actually, wasn't it? Is there? What's the scene with the spider? Oh, do you not remember? So... On the bed? Actually, this is another thing. No. We used to rewind this a lot. It was just um, Roger Moore walking through a jungle and he just moves a spider web to, to one oh, no, side. No, that's Octopussy. So that's Octopussy. Oh, okay. Yes. Just go back. You know me. Mm-hmm. Time lash, vengeance on Barros, octopus, live and let die. Could be anything. Could be. Time lash on Barros. My favourite Colin Baker story. <laughs> Octopusy and die. Yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> so, um, where are we at now? Oh, another criticism that's levelled at the story regularly is, oh, why didn't Lupton just leave with the crystal already? Why did we have to have the chase sequence? And I'm like, shut up. No. Wrong. Shall I tell you why it's wrong? Yeah, tell me why it's wrong. Because she didn't want to have to get help from Mitabilis in order to transport away um, Lupton and the crystal. Yeah. She didn't want to have to get help, but she actually, because it was in the situation where the Doctor chased him down so hard and there was the hovercraft chase and the steep speedboats and everything, that in the end... She had to call on her sisters to get help to get them out of there. So she didn't want to do that. She wanted to do it all by herself and take all the glory and say, aren't you great? You should be the new queen. So that's why we have the long chase and that's why he does disappear at the end and that's why that's okay. Okay, good. Just thought I'd argue that hard. I agree. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. You know what I think would have really helped? Well, I don't know, but tell me. I... (laughs) Thanks. Um, I think we should have had names for the eight legs. Well, what the Spider Queen's called Huath, I, I noted down. Bloody hell, I never I noted know. that and I was desperate to. But I, Huath? Yeah. But I, honestly I don't think anyone else has like a name. There were, 
but they were like they had characters I loved <laughs> I loved that bit again where all the dudes were in their terrible outfits and they're all like um, spiders on their back and that's so there's men all hanging around and they're like and me and me and me and <laughs> <Yes>. me <laughs> yes it's <laughs> so cute but you needed more personality and you need more to hang on to yeah. with those spiders. And I just think it would have been really nice if they'd have all had their own individual kind of bit of character given to them. So, yeah, yeah just because they they were just evil oppressors. And I think there could have been a bit more. They didn't need to just be that. They could have had a bit more of a, a rounded um personality mm. obviously they weren't the nicest but um, yeah there, there was an opportunity there design wise what did you think about the sky blue breakfast bar of the spiders <laughs> um i thought about it a lot um i wish they'd pull the cloth a bit too like it just it was a bit ruffled and it just it was not good for the ocd and i'm not even that ocd but yeah um i quite liked it um Again, I think there just needed to be something to distinguish them all. Um, just something where you'd be like, oh, that, that's Beryl, that one there. She always likes to do a bit of that. She's, you know, the one into crochet. And, and <laughs> She's like, the one it just, into crochet. It, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Just something just to to make them more than just indistinguishable eight legs. Uh, like, uh, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you could tell there wasn't... Whoever wrote it didn't have sympathy for them as characters. They were, they were annoying. Yeah. But don't you think if that had been whatever, like... a cave floor, that would have been so terrifying? Because and it would have been it was so harshly yeah, lit, maybe. it wouldn't have looked so crappy. And the ones that didn't move quite so much, you wouldn't have seen it, and they would have just been lurking in the darkness. Honestly, that would have been so much more terrifying. Maybe too scary. I don't know. But, um, yeah, you might be right. Like, I, I'm not good at... I, I would be terrible at coming up with the right ideas. So, yeah, I, I think, obviously, the point was to show that they were in charge. They were the ones who got the big, nice castle and it was all a bit special for them. Mm. Um, but, yeah, in terms of cinematography, it probably would have been an awful lot better if you didn't get to see every last um, bit of their not-perfectly-put-together bod bodies. The script required humans to have conversations with spiders. So you couldn't keep the spiders on the floor and have a human because it would be absolutely impossible to shoot such, such a, an, a scenario. So the spiders, the only answer was to bring the spiders up to a level where you could get a shot of a spider and a human having a conversation. I think that in today's age of making America great again, that um, Lupton would definitely be a follower of Trump. That's my theory. Because he's very self-serving, and he, he wants to take over the firm, the country, the world. He says, "I mean, honestly, it's a really fascinating villain that he's so parochial." Yeah. Because he's just yeah. a salesman, and then the finance. Yes, and and yeah, yeah. Uh, that I, I love again. I love that part of who he was as the. The guy had gone to a hippie retreat. He was just, he was just angry with what life had dealt him, wasn't he? He was just, ah, oh, no one really got me, and I was brilliant at this. And he was, he was, he was a vicious man. Yeah. Um, yeah, you might be right that he was. Yeah, maybe he is watching. Oh God, have you seen that march? That um. What that the straight Trump the straight march. pride oh. march? Do you mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> just... Oh, it's just so. <laughs> 
Oh, but they just look just like the such amount idiots. Of just, it's just terrifying. They do. It's just like, yeah, we're really proud of the fact that we don't have an appropriate diet and we've tried not to think for the last 20 years. It's, oh, it's horrible. And they had that, so they had that pink and blue flag they created. Did you see that? That's my favourite thing. And no, there's these two men holding this straight pride flag. And it was, um, but it was just like they just look really gay because half of it's pink, and obviously not a, not a, got a woman to agree to hold this ridiculous flag. So it was just men anyway, and it was just like honestly, what are you doing? It was just oh, oh. Anyway, um, back to, back to the spiders. No, just to say that um, he, he did seem really. I always think no, I was going to talk about Trump for a bit more. Trump just seems really angry to me. How he. I feel like he's always just trying to get back for something that happened, but we don't know quite what it was. I think there's anger that, yes. that motivates him in everything. And it's the same for Lupton. Yeah, that sounds quite right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Lupton does. It, it is hard to work out why he is so desperate for what he's desperate for. Like, he he doesn't, doesn't seem reasonable. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily seem that there's... That you or I would be motivated to act similarly based on the same experiences. Can I ask a question about prayer mats, about missing prayer mats? I feel like they're, yeah. and this is getting very mundane, but I do think there must have been a surfeit of, um, a surplus, if you will, of um, prayer mats at the Lamastry because they have managed to have those prayer mats down in the, um, or cushions, you might call them, down in the cellar, and no one seems to notice that they've gone. Should I be worried about this? No. <laughs> Carry on with your life. Forget about the pointless. Okay, I'm not going to think about the fact that there's not enough prayer mats for people to sit and to kneel on upstairs. Good. They just had a lot of them. No, they, they, yeah, they had a prayer mat story. Good. Did you not know? No, Did you miss the prayer mat okay. story? So now I think we must give quite a lot of attention to the amateur theatre production that is Metabolist Three Civilization. <laughs> No, I shan't. You shan't. I can't. <laughs> you shan't. Not take him. <laughs> Arak, oh, my man. My love. Not Marak. Yeah. What was he called? Sabo, my love. My man. Sabo, my love. <laughs> no, I shan't. You shan't take him. Sabo, my husband, my love. Why did you do it? Why? Boy? Woman, get back. This is the best way I know. I shan't let them take you. I shan't. I shan't. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my christ what was going on there Horrific. like how i honestly felt like they'd cast the role all sorted last minute hideous bout of diarrhea <laughs> tea lady would you mind we've got this role you don't need to overdo it just you know join in join and she's like this is my moment <laughs> if only it were true the, the weird strange um, backstory to this is that this is rather trained actress Jenny Laird, rather trained sweetie, who who they named an award after, an acting award after at Rada. It's not given anymore, but it what? yes, the Jenny Laird Award for women who are acting in a thankless role in a play. So we know I know one thankless. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, she did sterling work in a small part. Um, once, but definitely not in this story. Wow. Yes. So was that for that was for stage? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. They, they don't give that award anymore. She's probably fine for the stage. No. <laughs> but I, you have to do that shit on stage. You do have to overplay yeah. it. But she had not adapted her technique for TV. Maybe she just didn't know. Yeah, absolutely. No. But they're all dreadful. Even like Gareth Hunt and what's he called? Ralph Arliss, who played 2R. They're both okay in other things like Upstairs Downstairs and Ralph Arliss's and Survivors. And they're both quite good in those. But it just feels like everyone's stultifyingly mm. bad in this. And Yeah. Yeah, ugh. they were not comfortable with what they were expected to do. Yeah, And I'm not sure there's an excuse. And then I'd... Because they would have had rehearsal time back in these days. They would have rehearsed these scenes and still come up with that. Honestly, it's just beggar's belief. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? What? <laughs> no, I was just going to say, look, there's Christy over there. But then then he's not, because he's just put a red scarf on his head, and therefore he's completely invisible. That's what happens. That's how you yeah. That's how you camouflage yourself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was just like, well, she's gone. <laughs> no, she's got a fucking scarf on her head. What are you talking it works, about? It works. Did not. It works just as well in Brain of Morbius. I hadn't realised it's exactly the same move in Brain of Morbius when she's amongst the sisters. The same head scarf? Yeah, well, sim- <laughs> seems to be. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so I think that's probably the worst part of the story, isn't it? This stuff with the villagers. Um, it is where I instantly fall asleep. I said, oh God, they're here again. And like, and I try they're to here say, again. I do. The villagers from Madrid. <laughs> It's going to be okay this time. I'm going to get through it and I, I'm just going to, I know it's not going to be good, but it just sends you to sleep every time. It could have been really interesting because they, if they'd been well acted, it could have been these this colony living in fear of the spiders and it could have been really exciting. If that had been shot on film, can you imagine? Oh, that would have been amazing if you'd had mm. the spiders shot on film visiting that village, a rundown oh. village. That would have that been would amazing. What? What did you say? More needed to change than just the film. Like Jenny Laird doing her same old shit oh, on, I know, exactly. on film wouldn't have been any better. We there was some small changes that could have been made, but it was more than just that. Like they tr- the whole set was yeah. poor. But they tried to imbue it with some interesting context. So there's that bit where they talk about the people of Scorda that were wiped out. Um, yeah, which is I think was meant to be a parallel with the rape of Lidice or Lidice or whatever it is, which is the Polish town that the Nazis completely destroyed, men, women, and children. And I think that was a call mm. back to that and the tyranny of the spiders and the mm. tyranny of the Nazis but it was too much of a throwaway to get you really caring about the people who lived on Metabilis 3 really um, I tell you I've got a lovely image I've drawn it out for myself Yes, you're not going to be able to get the joy of my picture no. but I will just share it with yeah. you I don't know if you noticed next morning Doctor wakes up there's bells, the bells, the bells. And I was like, who's ringing those bells? Because, like, there's not a chance the two legs are allowed to. So in my head, I've got this whole belfry scenario <laughs> with a spider hanging on to a bell and a ring. <laughs> I'm just, it's beautiful. I can just see, you can just see there's a whole campanology scenario going on for these spiders. This is their hobby of choice. We see that fits in with Brilliant. your crochet theory, doesn't it? So some of them like crochet, some of them like campanology. And it, it's just so possible. Some of them yeah. like skateboarding. We're fine. They've all they've got all these different hobbies, yeah. and we should have seen more. Yeah. I know. I just would have given them diversity. Yes. But also, now, now I've got the spiders. About... Now I've got the spiders doing a diversity dance routine in my head. <laughs> <laughs> 
well, I'm glad. With a little small one with a little all. small one with big curly hair being annoying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one that nobody wanted to go out. With. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, I just like the fact that in a lot of these very seventies Doctor Who's, that as soon as they wanted to depict um, an alien culture where they were a bit thick or they were a bit workerish. Yeah. They always went with a West Country accent. It was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, my liver. Oh, you don't do that around here. <laughs> yeah, we, we, no, we, we, we bank call them spiders. We, we, we call them two... We, yeah, we, those two legs. We call them <laughs> two legs. legs. They're going to kill us. <laughs> yes, it's true. Yes. I do. It was a good indicator of stupidity, I found, in Doctor Because all working class... Obviously, the... It's the same problem in Survivors. All working class people have an accent and are stupid in Survivors. Right. Yes. Yeah. The eight legs? Why, they came from Earth too. But there aren't any spiders as big as these on Earth. Keep your voice down, my child. That word's forbidden here. But you're quite right. An ordinary eight legs, he must have been blown by the wind out of that crash ship up in the mountains. There are blue crystals there. They have strange powers. Oh, you don't have to tell me that. Then you must know that these crystals can enlarge the mind. Over the years, these... these spiders became cleverer and cleverer and larger and larger. By the time man found out, it were too late. Can I ask you about the larder? I have the same problem with the breakfast bar scenes and the larder scenes, that they're just literally sitting on... lying on shelves in a... and it doesn't feel like a proper larder and... Could we have had scenes of a spider... F- you wanted a big jar of honey next to it. Well, no, I just wanted them to finish off spinning and then trun- trundling off, rather than looking like they were sitting in sleeping bags. And the grossness of the fact right. that the spiders would have spun them into those cocoons. It's just horrific. Yes, the whole area that they were occupying should have been similarly grotesque. Yeah. And yeah, they, it was clean and then a sleeping bag. And yeah. yeah. No, you're right. It's... It should have felt a lot more organic and a lot less. And they even like a very yeah. They even had a hanging spider at the side that was just looked looked like another dumb. It was a fake big spider. Obviously, they're all fake. Then none of them were real. They didn't have giant spiders when they, <laughs> when they were filming this. I hate to break it to you, but um, yeah, it was just felt ah oh, really. And I don't think and they were making jokes sitting there making jokes later on, weren't they? And the Doctor and Sarah, it's like about being chewy and like oh I hope we we don't give them indigestion. It's like. You'd be flipping terrified. There was no truth in that. You'd be like, you've just been spun up by a giant spider and they're going to eat you. You wouldn't be laughing. No. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I guess I just felt with all of that, it was the Doctor Who way of making things less terrifying. Yeah, like, you're right. They wanted to always add an element of silly joy to all of yeah. that. And it's not... It's not correct. It's it, it doesn't give the dramatic excitement that is feasible. That they, they really could have got us utterly terrified. A, a planet with only spiders to run it that has a whole town of people just waiting to be eaten for some minor indiscretion could be the most dire situation ever. Yeah. And and it it would be nice to be remade with that kind of desperate side to it shown but also there is something joyful about the way Doctor Who does it and and keeps a kind of levity to the oh 
we're all gonna yeah, die and that dude like oh well if there was any hope then yeah then i would be scared but there's not so fuck it it, it is a, ki- it <laughs> is then, a kids program yeah but also it was annoying like i was like okay i get where he's coming from there's no hope so there's nothing to be afraid of but then the doctor manages to have a wiggle save himself remembers harry houdini and it's like well at that point that dude must be like fuck i thought there was no hope there was absolutely every chance of hope why did that guy not help me the bastard and it just kind of like it just like at that point to me his whole life should have crumbled it's like well i thought there was no hope clearly there was but I was so insignificant that dude didn't even stop to help me and I'm probably going to die now. Like it just, that, that was pretty, that was quite upsetting. <laughs> you mentioned the Houdini reference. I remember always being irritated by this when he says Hopkins, Harrington, Hackenschmidt, Houdini. Oh. But, yeah. but as we were watching this, this time, John was shouting at the screen while he was saying all the wrong names. He means Houdini. He means Houdini. And John was really excited because he knew. Oh. And I was thinking, that's what it's for. It's for the kids it's for little children. who know who he's meant to be talking about, the escapologist. And it's like... And I bet there's probably only your son who knows that now. Oh, maybe. Every other kid is like, who the fuck is Houdini? But, but, <laughs> but when, when Pertwee finally says Houdini, John was like, yes, he's beaming with pride. So it was a moment that he really loved. Oh, I want to watch it with John. You see? So it's like, it's it's, that's why often it's good to watch it and think... It, this some of this has just got to be from child's eyes, and that's why it's there. It's not all for me. This, yeah, obviously, yes. <laughs> obviously, you say trying to convince. I know, yourself. I am. It's like it is for me. It's all for me. It's all written for me. Ultimately, um, <laughs> no, it is. It's for all of us. Selfishly, it's for all of us. Um, yes. We eventually get back to the the Lamistry. And it feels, doesn't it feel like years since we've been to the Lamistry? At one point, they go back there and I'm like, oh God, I've forgotten yes. about all these people. And Yates is tied up and you're like, oh, I've forgotten all about that. <laughs> still doing stuff. Still yes. doing stuff. It does feel like a bit too much of a gap. But um, yeah, I can't, God knows what it felt like in the back in the day when you're watching week by week. Oh, I'd forgotten all about this place. <laughs> it's just, yes. Yes, yeah, six weeks. Bloody hell. Yeah. So... What do you think about the Great One and that final threat of elevating well, it to the big spi- biggest spider of all? Um, well, I'll tell you, I when I finally put my finger on who she reminded me of, I enjoyed her very much. Um, she's Nessa. How do you mean? She's Nessa from Gavin and Stacey, like Ruth Jones, completely just like so Welsh so brilliant so kind of pissed off and wonderfully welsh like i just as soon as you've got to listen to her again thinking of her as nessa actually play her back in now and you'll be like oh my god okay playing her in now stop if you come any further doctor you will die oh not at once but gradually every cell in your body will be irretrievably damaged by the crystal rays and i need you alive oh what does that sign say i'll break your face see <laughs> isn't it amazing like she is just so freaking Nessa. She's just like, 
every kind of bit of Welsh intonation you can put on a sentence she puts in there. It's so pleasurable. So <coughs> I just, it added an extra dimension for me, a completely fake one in my own brain. But I just imagined this like Welsh spider who was like furious with England and two legs and all that kind of thing. Just thinking that is it. Had enough with the English patriarchy. Women, spider, Welsh people are going to sort the world out. And I just, her motivation suddenly became something that I could really grab hold of. And she just, her desperation to be the most powerful human, I was like, I'm down with it. I, I get it. Like, I get why you've had enough of the world. You just want to win now. So, yeah, no, I thought she was brilliant. Now, is she the one that was played by Kismet Delgado? Or not? No, she's know. not. That was the Queen Spider. Was Roger Delgado's widow? It's Maureen Morris was the great one. So I'm, was she Welsh? I, that's what I want to find out now. So if you keep talking a bit more about Nessa the Great One, that would be good, and I'll find out whether Maureen Morris is Welsh, <laughs> or we can just pause the recording. <laughs> <laughs> and that, um, yeah. No, I don't have anything more on Nessa the Great One to say. She was a Scottish actress. Do you have any yeah. She must have been told to go Welsh. But honestly, I'm so excited for when you hear this again and you'd be like, this is brilliant. I hadn't actually realised it. Um, what? Apparently Ah, oh, that's a sentence I hated. I actually wrote it down. When everything is new, can anything be a surprise? Shut up. <laughs> that's the kind of poetry. Oh. You're not having that, are you? <laughs> no, <laughs> Tommy, you're normal. What? <laughs> Didn't like it. No, I do like the fact that he says, "I sincerely hope not." When Sarah says, "You're normal," that's good. Um, yes, that's a good line. Always like that. Mm. Um, so we're hurtling towards a conclusion here. We have Ken Poe, who needs—he has no need for symbols between him and the Doctor, because they're old friends. So this is the hermit they talked about in the Time Monster. Again, continuity laden. How did you feel about this? Like that. You did. Mm -hmm. yeah. They mentioned him early on in the, in the programme. I once had no blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah. <laughs> you know that yeah, bit. I do. Um, yeah. But what I don't like and I struggle with in this whole story and the whole Buddhism element to it is the judgment of Kan Po that the doctor stole the crystal and it's all this greed for knowledge which kills Clegg and the crystal was stolen. Mm. I don't think he stole it. I think he just went to Metabilis 3, he picked up the crystal and came back and yeah. and Kan Po... Because he started with found. Yes. Didn't and he? He said, he said, I found it. And I think he did and find he it. Found. He didn't steal it like from a, yeah, I, from a shop. I think you could downgrade it to took perhaps. Yeah. But stole implies that somebody else owned and it, they didn't. which they didn't. So I've never no. held with this aspect of the story. He didn't steal it. Yes, he was a bit of an acquisitive yeah. person. And I think, well, John Pertwee even more so than than, than the third Doctor, who kept by, taking props that he shouldn't have, apparently. Uh, Did he? <laughs> famously a clock or something in Carnival of Monsters, and he had to give it back or something. I, I love the idea that that was the inspiration for this story. Could be, you know that job yeah, that we always nick yeah. shit. I wouldn't be surprised. But um, but it doesn't fit that he has to then he has to sacrifice himself because of his greed and his thievery. 
I don't buy that. Yes, yeah. yes, he's overconfident and there's hubris, there's an angle of he's too sure of his own powers and his knowledge. That's an angle of it. But I think the crystal, yes. I suppose you could... Die on the cross for being a sexist bastard. Yes. Maybe. Yes. But not for taking something you found on the ground. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Good. I'm glad we don't have to even debate that. That's just fact. <laughs> um, I was very confused um, because we weren't confused back in the day in 1991 when we watched the BBC video that um, because it was all edited together as one compilation, we didn't see the awful problems that you see now at the end of episode five and the start of episode six being completely different and having extra scenes. Oh, oh, you see, I thought I hadn't been watching properly. No. <laughs> That's good to know. There was like, I was like, what? I missed that. I must have been half asleep last time. Good. Tell me what it is that I that wasn't in the end of episode five that was in the start of episode six because well, for, that took a long time to number get. Number one, to. The, the reveal that the spider is on Sarah's back. Um, yes. Yes. Oh my goodness! I'm so glad I wasn't asleep at that no. point. Oh my goodness! That was huge. That should have but been then, the episode like, ending. But we haven't seen the. Shouldn't it? Why was that not the end of episode but five? That's just so weird. With the zapping. And the, the, really strange. And also the conference that the dudes have as well doesn't happen at all in episode five. Yes. Yeah. So it's very odd. That was really odd. Yeah. Yes. It's something to do with... It doesn't help at all. It's like they took the drama out of it. Yeah. It's bizarre. Why you would not choose to have Sarah with the spider on the back as the episode ending. Can you imagine that would be the best episode ending ever? I know, because when that happened, I was like, oh my goodness, Andy would be so annoyed with me if he was watching it with me. He'd be like, how did you miss that last episode? <laughs> I'm actually quite relieved. <laughs> Talking about the spider on the back... <coughs> I don't know how the Radio Times got away with this, but I looked at the listings for Radio Times back in 1974, and episode three has a picture of Sarah with a spider on her back. Episode three. No. Yes. Spoiler alert. Just slightly. Spoilers weren't even a thing then, I three guess. Three weeks earlier. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. That's terrible. But I must admit, I, even I, though I knew, absolutely, yeah. it was still quite a nice little shock. Like, I did enjoy that when she's like, I don't know, I must have it or give it to me or yeah. whatever. Like, it's just like, oh, she's done it now. And I really, I did enjoy that because she had been so normal for a good period of time. Like, you could always see that moment yeah. when things have changed looking back. But I did enjoy that she was, yeah, taken over and it wasn't something that we're going to talk about for a while. It wasn't going to be instant. They're just going to let that one ride and then it's just going to happen. Similarly with Arik and Tuar, I was just, I was quite enjoying that I had forgotten for them that they actually hadn't beaten the, the eight legs and they were like, oh yeah, it's all great. Come with us, mate. It will all be fine. <laughs> and I was just, I loved it. I really enjoyed a bit of that. Yeah. It was just like, oh, you clever little eight leg. Yeah, quite nice. Yeah. So um, the part of the Buddhism side of it that I did really like um, was this idea that you don't have to be dominated, but we're all apt to surrender ourselves to domination and not all spiders sit on the back. I did like that stuff. I thought that was really clever. That um, oh. I did like that. I thought it was really clever that you have the... Sp I don't feel like I've got that. Yeah. I, I felt that was a really... Tell me Just again. a really good message that we, we, we constrain ourselves and we... we we do bad things because we surrender ourselves to things. And and that's like having a spider on your back. But, you know, it, this is just a physical manifestation of having that situation. 
Oh, oh, that's so deep. I missed the whole yes, thing. Yes, I like My that. My goodness. Ah, yeah. the, oh, the whole retreat style yoga. Yes. Let's think about things importantly. Yeah. We've got bad things holding us yep. back. We have so much potential. Oh my God, how did I miss it all? Good, isn't it? That's amazing. That. That's Barry Letts, mm. who was a Tibetan Buddhist. So, you know, that's why it's all in there. The producer. Oh. producer and I think he helped Robert Sloman to write this because they always contributed things together. Oh. Yeah. Um, yes. Then we have the first. What one. did you think yeah. about Tommy squaring up to the bullies? I want to know. Um, well, two questions. One, why doesn't he die? And yeah. two. Because he's nice. Nice. Too nice. pure. Um, I don't. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a two. I said one and then two. I didn't have a two. Well, tell me, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> for one. For one and for one. A and <laughs> and C and D. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, I liked it. Again, loving a bit of Tommy. You're not going to have a go at him around here. <laughs> love him. So, yeah, I just, I didn't need to have a reason behind it. I loved that those nasty bastards with the terrible outfits were not winning when Tommy was just like, no, I'm not going to have any of this. And, like, it wasn't just a, I'm going to absorb your zaps. He, like, fully kind of put his arm behind his back and were like, I'm winning now. And it was just a really clear good against bad kind of a we're going to beat you thing that, oh, I don't know, I just quite like that. It's just, you sometimes don't need things to have a reason yeah. or a meaning or yeah. anything behind it. I just really quite well, like it. Well, John loved it. He was so pleased to see Tommy beating them up, particularly with the arm arm behind his back thing. And it was like, oh, he yeah. loved it. He was like, yeah. yes, go Tommy. And he was so relieved that Tommy, he was certain <laughs> Tommy was going to die. Certain. So he was like, oh, phew. Because they do, they're always the martyr in these situations. Yes. They're always like, oh, love them, but they died for their beliefs. But yeah, no, nah, brilliant. Kiva, yeah. land! Get him out of the way! Come on now, Tommy. Ow! <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Barnes. <laughs> What do you think of the, the great one, her last scenes and the madness and all praise to me, the great all powerful me, which we've often quoted? Um, again, just watch it while thinking it's like Nessa in the arcade. <laughs> it's just, it has a different feel to it. <coughs> but um, yeah, I liked it. I did the bit that always, always confuses me, will never, ever leave me, is the why it's like she made a jigsaw with like a missing piece yep. knowing the shape of the missing piece it's like but how how it's just like it wasn't a jigsaw no. like it wasn't like a set number of pieces it didn't need to be the yeah thing. it didn't need to be the perfect crystal did it it just should have been one of them that made up the no. crystal lattice yes she should have got the pieces first and said like these are the parts i've got Let's make it work. Not, right, I'm going to make this thing. It's only going to be feasible with a thing that I don't have. And how would she know that she bizarre. didn't have it? Oh, I suppose she felt its emanations or something. But it's kind of like, no, you just make it work with what you had, wouldn't you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 
That whole jigsaw scenario was upsetting. <laughs> she should come around my house on a New Year's Eve when I'm doing a uh, yearly jigsaw yeah. and I'll show her the whole thing. Good. Make perfect sense. I'm sure she'll take you up on that invitation. The um, I hadn't really thought before about how Choji is the Watcher, just as in Illogopolis, oh. isn't he? Oh my God, you've just like opened my eyes. Yeah. Yes, he is. Totally. I mean, he's... The Watcher. The Watcher was a whole new concept, but he wasn't. No. Oh, and I had, I had obviously, Doctor Who fans are probably screaming at me now, saying, well, obviously, we all know that, but that had not occurred to me this until this time I watched it. And I was like, oh God, yes. Well, I'm very proud of you, even if they're yes. not. And I honestly haven't heard that on a podcast, so I don't know whether it is. It is news. News. Um, yours. Yours. Um, I did enjoy his arrival just before, as we get to the regeneration. He's, it's like, I was thinking, what's this remind me of? There's that tinkly music and he suddenly appears on, hovering over the desk. It's just like the arrival of Glinda, the good witch in The Wizard of Oz. There's that <laughs> Love it. It's all right. He is not dead. So, he's been in the Time Vortex for, for at least three weeks. Um, yeah, got a bit sidetracked, yeah. He's he faced his fear, he's, he's, he's atoned for, in brackets, stealing, or in inverted commas, stealing the Great Crystal. Um, mm-hmm. So he's paid the price, the ultimate price. Very it's a bit too Christian, Christian. But, um, yeah. So now, he he's come back home. I did like the fact that... The TARDIS has brought him home, and all this time he's been trying to get away. All the time he's been the third Doctor, he's been trying to get away from there. That's been his purpose. That's true. But now it actually takes him home because he knows re- the TARDIS knows that that's where the Doctor belongs. Really, I like that. Yeah, that is nice. I hadn't thought about that either. Yeah, if you're the closest to home is an army barracks where, <laughs> where unit lives, that's quite sad. But yeah, no, I guess that's where the people that he cares about yeah. are. So, yeah, that's sweet. But um, what do you think about the actual regeneration itself? Um, I guess just from already knowing it, like I just, as soon as they're in that room, as soon as they get to that place where I'm going to see Tom Baker doing his madness, where robots going to happen, yeah. where it just, I'm already excited. Like I see that weird ass fucking mustardy floor um and i'm like this is this is where brilliant things are going to happen so it almost doesn't matter they could be in your standard quarry or they could be in the tardis or they're in that room of unit and i'm excited because the doctor that's about to change things is he's he's coming and like it's it's super exciting like as soon as you start to consider 
what Tom Baker is going to bring. Yeah. You just like it's it's mind blowing. It's not just a beautiful story arc with Harry and Sarah. It's it's Harry and Sarah, and then the joy between Sarah and Tom, and then there's going to be a whole world of Leela challenging him, and then we've got the Romanis, yeah. and then we're going to move on to Adric, and you're like, all of this shit's to come. Like it's it is so exciting, yeah. and anything you could really, it didn't matter at that point what the regeneration was because the joy we were about to experience. I was already aware of. I'd already seen enough of it to know it was going to be magic. Of course, yeah. So it is thrilling, isn't it? I mean, when John saw it this mm. time, he'd forgotten it was the regeneration episode. He had seen it once before when he was younger, but he didn't really remember it enough. And he was just like, oh my God, it's happening. He was kind of almost like, it's happening again. Sort of like, he was kind of really the joy in watching him seeing it happen. But then he did say, oh, mm. it was too quick. They're usually longer than that, the regenerations. And it was just like too suddenly the credits came in for his liking. He was like, oh, that was too quick. But I think that's because he just wanted to see Baker uh, do something. Because you usually get the new Doctor doing something, don't you, now? Well, now, yes. yes. And I find, I, I must admit, I find them quite annoying now. Like, they make a whole freaking episode oh. out of it. Like, just get on with it. <laughs> Can you stop faffing around with your, oh, my particles of whatever's are just trying to assimilate. Just turn into your new thing. Have a story. Get on with it. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I don't want it. I don't, I don't like a fuss. I don't like a fuss. <laughs> I just like them to regenerate and then get on with it. <laughs> so, summary of Planet Spiders. Do you want to go first or second? I'm going to go first because I've got nothing to say and then you can just go on. Well, we have said a lot already. Um, yeah. No, um, summary is um, it was a good John Pertwee episode when I've already, I've often got a lot of issues about mm. him. He he wasn't particularly sexist in this. Great, well done. It's got Sarah in there starting to come into her own. She's starting to. I mean, I know she every now and again she's managed to shine a bit in her John Pertwee mm. stories, but we know what's to come. This is a, a bit of a an inkling into who she's going to become. Um, she's strong. She's interesting. She's brilliant. The backstory to getting the crystal is quite interesting. Like you say, the um, the continuity pieces, the referencing different stories, the fact there's another Time Lord, enjoyable. Love a bit of that. Um, less said about the acting on um, on Metabolus Three, the better. <laughs> um, but yeah, I believe that everybody needs an aggressively Welsh spider in their lives to tell them where they've gone wrong. And, um, yeah, I think that's what this story gives us. So, yeah, just to echo what you're saying about the pleasing continuity um, and scene setting, but I think also it's the fact that it's a really exciting story. All the chanting, the appearing and leaping spiders, the spiders on the loose in the monastery, the final threat of the Great One, I think that's a really... They're a really compelling threat throughout, and I still find it creepy. And then just the epic scale of it. I've discovered re um, recently that um, it's those stories that are epic that really grab me, the ones that feel like they're long and they feel mm. like they've got a real big canvas and they're trying to say a lot. It feels like it knows that it's marking the end of the Pertwee era. And 
it just feels like they know there's a lot at stake and that kind of is imbued in all of it that it feels this is an important landmark story and we're going to really have fun we're going to celebrate the doctor we're going to celebrate everything that he's he's done and the stories that we've had here and unit and i think they managed to get everything equally everything's there all the elements are there for it to really work and um yeah it's still one of my very favorite Pertwee stories which is quite an achievement i think mm. yes yeah no it is it's pretty impressive um okay. yes good so we already know and actually before we move on to that hall of fame hall of fame What's she called? Jenny Laird. What's Jenny Laird's going <laughs> Nesca. Nesca. Please put her in there. I just want to... This is a test for people to see if they actually know who the characters are that they're madly voting for. Nesca has got to be in there. Lupton has to be in there. Isn't John Darth brilliant? As Lupton. Oh, is he Darth? I thought it might be Darth, but it's Darth. I don't know. Internet. I've never known how to say it. Okay. But he's also the mad computer in um, The Green Death, Boss. Oh, is he? Yes. Oh, so. I didn't know that. What about Clegg? Yeah, Cyril Shapps. So we've got yeah. Clegg, Lupton, Nesca. Who else? And Choji Stroke Tom. Campo. Yeah, and then we've got Tommy. Oh, Tommy! Tommy! Maybe we biff Jenny Laird because we know she's a big pile of shit. Okay, we biff Jenny Laird. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, that's sorted. And just okay. to, to mop up a few of the old Hall of Fames, um, Vyshinsky did win Planet of Evil convincingly what? in the end. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like so excited. Like, this is three month old news, but thank you. Yeah. <coughs> now, two month old news. Um, Tremas ran away with the Keeper of Trakan vote. Oh. But it was a hotly contested vote in the sense that lots of people took... There were 26 votes, which is pretty good. I don't think um, I had a chance to vote on Keeper of Tarkin. No. That was quick. I didn't even vote. This is amazing. 26 people, not including me. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Cassia was second. And who was the... Actually, what the hell was wrong ne with them? Neiman. Bastards. What, that it wasn't Cassia? I know. Yes. They obviously didn't get your, your Mimo. <laughs> Mimo, Mimo. Yes. Mimo. Right. So, we know what we're doing next, don't we? We're doing Vengeance on Varos next. Oh, God, are we? Yes. Yes, we are. For our December episode. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's something to wait for, isn't it? Can't wait. Isn't it? Isn't yeah. it, though? Yeah. So, um, yes. Well, mm. I think we've, um, we've enjoyed... Planet of the Spiders. We've yeah, marked the it. end of the Pertwee era, even though yes. we will dip back into the Pertwee era regularly. Although I have yeah. to say, I hate to t I hate to break this to you, but we're kind of behind on some of the other Doctors. We're kind of ahead on Pertwee and Baker shop. So I um, want to. I I'm firmly on what? a Patrick Troughton route. Like I I Are need you? to watch some. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm excited. So we'll have a Troughton after after Varos, yeah. Yeah, I need to watch about six or seven. So I'm just going to watch them regardless and I'll make some notes. And tell me which one you want us to talk about. Okay, good. That. Good. What do you think about doing a missing story? Would you be able to do that from a soundtrack? 
yeah, I reckon. As long as I've got cool. some really cool hair that's been drawn by someone. What? <laughs> you what? remember? <laughs> no. <laughs> the Reign of Terror when they drew Barbara's hair. I just need someone to draw hair, that's all. Okay. Well, I don't know whether we've got... So you want you only want one where you can watch the pictures? I'm fine with just listening. If I have to, I'll draw my own pictures as I go. I, I think I'll we draw can, pictures I think of we can spiders miss. pulling Belfry Tower bells. <laughs> well, I, that I'm is my... Pictures. I think on that that brilliant image is where we should end the, the podcast. Spiders right, in the Belfry doing, doing their campanology. <laughs> Bye then. <laughs> I'll play Bye. out with the spiders playing the bells. Could you? <laughs> See ya. Bye. Alex's favourite Doctor Who stories are? If so, tune in for the World Enough and Time Anniversary Special on 23rd of November. And this year's Jenny Laird Award goes to...